This is the untold true story of the most famous prince the world has ever known. You know him. Always coming to the rescue of some damsel in distress. Well, I know him better. Hey, all he ever wanted was to make every girl feel like a princess. Can you blame him? Welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. My name is Christy and I'm here with my friend Brie. Hello! And we are here today to talk about Charming. Which is a movie that I had heard of, I think. I remember when it was coming out uh, a couple years ago, but I'd never seen. So it was very interesting to watch. This this yeah. movie is so weird because it comes so close to being good. Yeah. Like it veers so close. And then at the last second, it just hits it... a big old speed bump. Well, it hits a couple speed bumps along the way. And then and then at the yeah. end there's like a wall <laughs> that it hits. Yeah. <laughs> The, this one is interesting because, so as you mentioned, this is one that was released a few years ago. This is from 2018. And for a long while, I kept seeing this one on YouTube. Like, it just kept popping up in my recommended videos, the trailer for it. A um, lot of, I saw a lot of promotion around this one because there are some fairly, fairly notable people in the voice cast. Mm -hmm. um, you have Demi Lovato, uh, Wilmer Valderrama as the main protagonists. You have a bunch of singers. You have Sia, um, Ashley Tisdale, Avril Lavigne, Jem. <laughs> um, a lot of notable voice actors. Dee Bradley yeah. Baker, Tara Strong, Jim Cummings, Tom Kenny. There's a lot of talent in this one. And again, there was a lot of promotion for it. And it just never seemed to actually materialize it like it came out i guess but not for north yeah. america yeah like you, exactly it just we were talking about because we were talking about i had to get a copy to watch and <laughs> it just came out on netflix what a week ago for north america yeah, li literally, as we are recording this, um, uh, it was just a few days prior, found out that um, as of January 8th, 2021, you can now watch Charming on Netflix. Netflix, I guess, acquired the distribution rights for the film in North America. Um, prior to that, this film, it was released in Europe and Africa. Um but it has not seen a Region 1 DVD release. So this is actually, this is one of the instances where I uh, have had to use <laughs> my, my precious son. Break out your son. My precious son, the Region Free DVD player, uh, to be able to view <laughs> this one. Which is, which is wild, because it was made largely in Canada and the States, if I am correct. Yeah. Yeah, this is so. This one was made by a few different pro production companies. Um, there is three QU Media, and their production company formed in part by John H. Williams, who was one of three producers on the DreamWorks Shrek movie. 
Um, there's also Vanguard Animation, um, who is an American animation studio who previously released Valiant, Happily Never After, and Get Squirrely. Um, What's Get Squirrely? Get, okay, <laughs> so Get, get Squirrely, I, I'd recommend looking up the trailer for that one, because it's just like, okay. it's just weird. It's like a spy movie, it's like a spy movie, but with Squirrels. Okay. It's sure. All right. It's just yeah. It's just kind of I don't know. It's just something about it is just utterly delightful. It just and how absurd it is. I haven't I haven't seen that film myself. It's just the premise alone and the title. I'm just like I'm sold on this movie. I don't I don't care how bad it actually is. It's just it's it's got like a weird like brings a weird <laughs> smile to my face. Just the name itself. <laughs> Excellent. Um, anyway, sorry, that was a tangent. So, no, that no, was Vanguard Animation? So, yes, Vanguard Animation. And then there's also Cinesite, who, uh, so they originally were a London-based company, but they have animation studios located in Canada. Uh, so this, yeah, so this is partially our fault as a Canadian. <laughs> It was their, their Montreal branch, because they have one in Montreal and one here in Vancouver. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last kind of piece of the puzzle is uh, WV Enterprises, uh, an American film and television production company that was established by Wilmer Valderrama, who uh, previously played Fez on that 70s show, and he also voices the titular character, Prince Charming. That's who that is! Yeah. Oh. Huh. Okay. Was it was it was it one of those voices that you it sounded familiar but you couldn't put your finger on it? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay. That yep. All right. Yeah. Cuz it's not the same so voice I, he used as Fez at all, but it's like No, no. There was something very familiar about the voice. I just could not place it. Okay, well that mm -hmm. that's a puzzle piece. Yeah, the the yeah. Um, so Wilmer and singer Demi Lovato, who played the romantic leads in the film, they were actually dating while the film was in development. But by the time of its 2018 oh, release, no. they had actually broken up. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, hopefully Little. it was a very uh, amicable breakup. I don't I, know. I don't follow these things. You know, maybe it was maybe I, it was I, fine. Yeah, hopefully. So, so Christy, um, take us through the story of Charming, if you would be so kind. Yes. Let us. So yes. Uh, let's get into the plot summaries so that we could begin discussing the finer points of Charming. The film opens and we are introduced to the one and only Prince Felipe Charming. Prince Charming is beloved by every woman in the kingdom and hated by every man. This is because, as a baby, Prince Charming was cursed by the evil fairy Nemini Neverwish. Nemini was once in love with Charming's father, but after the king chose Charming's mother over her, Nemini swore revenge. She cursed baby Charming so that any maiden who gazes into his eyes will fall madly in love with him. One by one, he will steal the heart of every maiden in the land. Heartbreak will reign. 
when the sun sets on his 21st birthday. This charming curse will be sealed. And on that day, all love will disappear forever. Charming has until his 21st birthday to break the curse with the kiss from his one true love. In an attempt to break the curse, the king decides that it is time for Charming to run the gauntlet, the rite of passage for his family. The king hopes that completing the trials of the gauntlet will give Charming the perspective needed to choose a wife. As it turns out, Charming has found himself engaged to three separate princesses, Snow White, Cinderella, and Sleeping Beauty, who are of course all madly in love with him thanks to the curse. Enter Lenore. Lenore is a cunning thief and swordswoman who, due to having a hard life, has closed off her heart. A brief run-in with Charming in the marketplace shows that, despite Charming seemingly falling in love with Lenore at first sight, Lenore's closely guarded heart leaves her immune to the effects of the curse. After a run-in with the guards, Lenore finds herself imprisoned. Wanting to ensure that Charming completes the gauntlet and marries one of the three princesses, Sleeping Beauty's father, one of the seven dwarves, and the fairy godmother make a secret bargain with Lenore. Lenore will gain her freedom and three horse carts filled with treasure in payment for protecting Charming during the gauntlet. Once the gauntlet is completed, Lenore will escort Charming to Fire Mountain, where Charming will be forced to pick one of the princesses as his wife. Lenore disguises herself as the mustachioed Lenny and volunteers her services to Charming as a guide. The gauntlet consists of three main tasks. One, cross an impassable pass. Two, survive an unsurvivable attack. Ooh, and the punching and the kicking. And three, <laughs> conquer an unconquerable beast. Charming also speaks of an ill-defined potential fourth task, a blind leap of faith between two people as proof of their love. The first task is quickly completed when Lenore and Charming manage to safely make their way through a mist-covered valley of angry living vines. At this point, Nemini Neverwish takes notice of Lenore and the threat she poses to her plan. Nemini sends some magic to lead Lenore and Charmin astray, causing them to be captured by a tribe of giant cannibal women. Due to the curse, the cannibal women find Charmin irresistible. The chief decides she will marry Charmin in the morning, with Lenore being saved for their breakfast feast. While held prisoner, Lenore speaks with the tribe's half-oracle. Only blind in one eye, the oracle is only right half the time. Among other visions, the oracle speaks of love and Lenore's closed-off heart, and warns that Lenore is on the verge of a betrayal so monumental that the fate of all love is in the balance. Is it possible that, well, that Charming could maybe possibly be my true love? Yes. You're certain? No. Ugh, half-oracle. The next morning, while the tribe is asleep, Charming manages to stealthily free Lenore and the two make their escape. The tribe pursues them, but Charming and Lenore manage to evade them, and by doing so, they complete the second task of the gauntlet, surviving an unsurvivable attack. The last task, conquering an unconquerable beast, comes in the form of Nemini luring Lenore and Charming into the lair of a giant rock monster. The rock monster cannot be defeated by conventional swords, but Charming is able to pacify it by returning the monster's jewel heart, which Lenore had stolen. Throughout their adventures, Lenore has found herself drawn to Charming, while Charming himself has grown to truly treasure the friendship he has with Lenny. 
Emboldened by Charming's successful defeat of the rock monster and needing to know whether Charming could fall for a girl like her, Lenore decides she is ready for the leap of faith. She leaves Charming a note to meet Lenny later at a local pub, intending to reveal her true self to Charming. Charming arrives at the pub, but unfortunately for him, it's filled to the brim with eager maidens. Nemini uses an extra bit of magic to make the maidens all flock to Charming, at which point Lenore arrives. I'm such an idiot. What was I thinking? He'll always want a princess, not some commoner. No. This is how it goes from here, Illy. We deliver him to the mountain, we collect our payment, we move on to the next job. Trust nothing, especially your heart. Lenore decides to ignore her heart and instead stick to the plan of delivering Charming to Fire Mountain and the awaiting princesses. The next day, back in disguise as Lenny, Lenore and Charming arrive at Fire Mountain. Charming is momentarily confused by the sight of the princess's guardians and the horse guards full of gold. The details of Lenore's deal are revealed, as well as Lenore's true identity. Charming is ecstatic to see that Lenny is the bandit woman he fell for in the marketplace, believing that the two being able to conquer the gauntlet together is proof that they are truly in love. Lenore bitterly tells Charming that she tried to take a leap of blind faith with him, the meeting she arranged at the pub, but Charming wasn't there to catch her. Lenore refuses to outright declare her love for Charming, and she leaves to collect her treasure. With Lenore gone, Charming is pressed to choose between the three princesses. I never knew what love really felt like, but now I do. As wonderful as you all may be, I have found my true love, but she has chosen treasure over me. To feel this way and then have it taken from you, that truly is a curse. Now that he knows what it's like to have true love taken away from him, Charming realizes the depth of the pain his curse has inflicted on the kingdom. He decides that if he can't break the curse, the curse must die with him. And so, on the evening of his 21st birthday, Charming submits himself to the gallows, hoping to break the curse by dying before the end of the day. Lenore is told of Charming's planned sacrifice, and more importantly, that he has declared her his one true love. She rushes off to save him, managing to get there just in time to prevent Charming's death. Charmaine and Lenore declare their love, but before they can kiss, Nemini Neverwish arrives and uses her magic to try and separate the two lovers. Nemini sends out a blast of magic at Lenore, causing Charmaine to jump in to take the hit for her. Charmaine falls to the ground, dead. Nemini begins to celebrate, but not giving up, Lenore kisses Charmaine. True love's kiss destroys Nemini and breaks the spell over all the women in the kingdom. It also brings Charming back to life, and with that, Lenore asks, Good people! Is there anything you want me to say to him? Like what? Like, will you marry me, Prince Felipe Charming? Lenore and Charming are married, and the film ends with images of their married life and the reveal that Lenore is now pregnant. All the fairy tales call this a happy ending, but I like to think of it as a happy beginning because our life together is just getting started. The end. The end. Well, so now, where where do we begin, Brie? Where 
to begin? Can we begin at the beginning with mm-hmm. the terrifying little baby Prince Charming? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the baby, the baby Charming in the flashback sequence. Um, he something something was bothering me about his his design while I was watching it. And I realized mm-hmm. upon a second viewing, while because I have it playing, of course, on mute while we're talking, he's got all his teeth. This is an infant with a full mm-hmm. set of chompers, and it was very distressing to me to realize that. Yeah, and it's also, it's it's kind of weird because when he's first presented as a baby, I kind of assumed that he was like a newborn or at least pretty close to newborn, but then he's able to like sit himself up with his giant bobbly head and like you said he's got the full set of teeth there's just something like weird about this baby and it's just i yeah. don't know so i i don't want to it's not quite uncanny valley because he's cartoonish it's not yeah it's not it's not that feeling where he's too close to realistic he's very much stylized but there's just something about his particular stylization that just seems weird like this baby yeah. is uncomfortable which is it's it, i think it really only stood out because most of the character designs in the movie are actually really really cute like i like a, the style mm-hmm. of of the characters they're exaggerated but they're not like a lot of the the limbs are maybe a little too long and skinny for for my personal taste but like most of it mm-hmm. i like the faces especially very cute and then there's the baby, which is just kind of scary. It's just a scary yeah. baby. <laughs> but I, uh, I think, I think Charming is probably the only one who, both both as a baby and as an adult, he's the only one whose character design kind of I'm not sure about. I think it's mm. like as an adult, he has a big giant chin, and from certain angles, it just looks just enormous. Like it's just <laughs> very long and huge. And I can't, I don't know, it just, again, cer- certain angles, they don't, I, I feel like that there are just certain points in this film where they just kind of tilt his head in a way that it's just, no, 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 this is a mistake. What are you doing? <laughs> Chins are hard, to be fair. Yeah. They, Yeah. I, I do appreciate that they are trying to give him a bit of a stylization, as you said. Like they do, yeah. they do a good job with most other people. Like Len- Lenore, I I like her design because she she's kind of got a bit of a longer face. She's got yeah. kind of more of more of a defined jaw and chin than you see in a lot of uh, female characters. Yeah, she doesn't have the sort of very like she's got the big disney sort of style eyes but she yeah she's got sort of a longer face like an actual nose like i i really like her Mm -hmm. design a lot yeah i think i i'm so used to seeing disney with their very like they tend to go for a more heart-shaped face for female characters and so it's nice to see even even like the slight change in making a like a slightly longer female face it feels so refreshing yeah, it's really, really good. I like her a lot. I and I like her her character a lot. She's she's extremely fun. Weird choices yeah. for her at the end of the film, but more or less, especially <laughs> near the beginning, she's very, very fun. 
before we move away from any character design stuff, I gotta point out that the king, so Charming's dad, is like the most beefcake king I've ever seen <laughs> in a CGI film. <laughs> He's huge. He's like a, he is a triangle man. Yeah. He's a, a big Dorito fellow. Like, it's he's huge. Yeah, it's fascinating because he he's got like a almost like a bodybuilder physique where he's that very superhero esque triangle and then compared to charming who is like very like kind of a skinnier more lankier yeah Yeah. it's it's just it's just weird it's like why is the why is the dad such a beefcake (laughs) well it's sort of inferred that like at least from charming that he has never you know worked a day in his life like he is a prince and he just like mm-hmm. expects to have things done for him so maybe his dad was just more of a of a hands-on kind of king where he he actually did things yeah, whereas i guess charming so. just sort of didn't you know yeah Maybe he just, he would have, but he couldn't go anywhere because anywhere he went, women fell in love with him, and so they kept him from doing it. I don't know. Like he's still he's maybe. still sort of the he's still got the 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 design of being like the he's he's still triangular. It's just much less yeah, than his it, dad, who is huge. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah huge, and yeah, it's. I know, I just, like, the first time I watched that, I was just like, what is, like, I feel like this dad, like, if he, if his dad joined him on the gauntlet, his dad probably would have just punched that rock monster into oblivion. Yeah, into dust, yeah. Just, like, shattered him immediately. (laughs) Well, because he's got the paintings of him doing the gauntlet, so maybe that's why he thought, he was like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. He's also, like, huge. Yeah, huge and and he's basically one step away from superman yeah he pretty much he f- just needs to figure out how to fly and shoot laser beams from his eyes and and he's good oh oh and one last design i guess that i really like just to call out there's like a satyr mm. near oh, yeah, like yeah. the three quarter part of the movie where they where uh lenore is going to meet charming at a at a restaurant to reveal that she's <laughs> she's Lenore and not mm-hmm. Lenny and there's like the the maitre d is this l- tiny little satyr man and he's just I don't know he's great <laughs> I liked him a lot <laughs> yeah it's a fun design I kind of wish we got to see more side characters like as as bad as that probably would be for the story of the film I don't know I just I yeah. kind of I ended up loving some of the side characters like like the painter who we don't see. Yeah. But he's great. Cuz there's these mm. little bits all throughout the movie where the prince and all the princesses are getting their portraits painted. And the yeah, painter and is it- in each one and you just see like him from behind as he's painting and him just trying yeah, his, and he's- his exasperated <laughs> like please can you just can you sit still? Can I I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a painter. <laughs> Yeah, because they they kind of use um like throughout their journey, Charming is trying to trying to pick between the three princesses. So at at times he kind of starts starts thinking about them and trying to explain to Lenny 
you know, the appeal of each princess. So it'll cut back to the princess as they're getting their portrait taken. And we kind of get a few, a few minutes just to see what their personality is. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I kind of love Snow White, honestly, because yes. her, her, her White. personality, <laughs> yeah, she, so Snow White, it's fun because she, thanks to the events of her fairy tale, she is so paranoid about strangers. So she, when she's getting her portrait done, she refuses to face the painter because she, she says, I don't want my back, uh, uh, back to the window. Can you turn around? Yeah, I don't want to turn my back to the window. And I really shouldn't talk to strangers. I'm the painter. Or you could be a witch. No, no, I'm, I'm the painter. Did you hear that? Shh, little feet. Um, yeah. And it's, like, I don't know, I it's just like- bad for her. Cause I'm like, yeah. this is, you know what? If your stepmom tried to kill you by turning into like a random stranger and you were like, she could be anyone. Yeah, that would make you a little paranoid. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. And, and especially if you take into consideration the original fairy tale. Because, of course, in the Disney version of Snow White, uh, the evil queen just does the, the one attempt on Snow White's life with the poison apple. But in the original fairy tale, there are three attempts. Um, yeah. She, show, she shows up with, like, a I think it was, like, a, a poison pin or a hairbrush or... And then it was a corset, and then it was the apple. So mm-hmm. Snow White has been through so much shit, like a pe- of people coming to her door pretending to be nice, and then having to survive an attempt on her life multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah, like her, it's great. You like, know I, what? It's valid. <laughs> yeah, your fear is valid. Yeah, that's what I love about it. It makes so much sense with the character and her history. It's like great. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Also, she's voiced by Avril Lavigne, which is wild to me. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind <laughs> like of... I was, I was watching the credits, and it's like Snow White, Avril Lavigne. I'm like, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, hell yeah, and but I, also excuse me. And I, I think if I remember, because she doesn't do a lot of voiceover stuff. I think she was no. in the. I don't know if you remember the Over the Hedge movie that came out ages ago, like at the height of her. Popularity. I never saw. I never saw over any of the Over the Hedges. I think there was two, wasn't there? I never saw either of them. Oh, were there? Oh. I I don't... I feel like I saw one once, but it was like, you know, seeing it on TV, so I, I remember nothing of it. I feel like um, it came out while I was working at Toys R Us, and it might have been like oh. on one of the display TVs at some point, but I don't retain any of that. Not like Chicken Little, which played on repeat on the display TVs for a oh. full year. Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Though to be fair, I don't retain any of that either, despite seeing it okay. every day for almost a year. Anyway, tangent over. Um, it, it, Avril Lavigne. It's amazing. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, she does. I think she does a good job. In, again, it, again, I kind of wish that we got to see more of the side characters because they just kind of they just seem fun. Yeah. The the other princesses. So so Sleeping Beauty's thing is of course they they kind of do the the obvious with her where she's like yeah. always sleepy and falling asleep. So she's a little less interesting. I didn't mind Cinderella. Cinderella's thing is that she's like 
very like always in a rush and preoccupied with time which again feels very on the nose but i think they they at least sell it with uh yeah it makes sense because because she's like what what she's like it's always midnight somewhere like i gotta get going (laughs) like all right yeah yeah, okay how long is this gonna take come on let's step it up i gotta i got places to be Yeah. yeah which is like all right, I can see where you get that from the mid- midnight deadline present in the fairy tale. Mm-hmm. I get you. Yeah. I I at least I appreciate that that they tried to give each princess a thing and I guess because of their lack of screen time, they were like we got to just pick the quickest, th- you know, whatever idea we can convey in the least amount of time, we got to go for it. Yeah. We should probably talk more about Lenore, who, you know, of course, is yes. the, our heroine. She is so, great. Yeah, yeah, you said you really liked Lenore. I really liked Lenore, especially in the beginning. Because um, she's just like, she's this thief. She's got her whole operation. She's clearly like, she's wanted because she's good at thieving. Um, she's clever. Mm. It's, it's very, she's, I, I don't know. I like yeah. her a lot. Um, when, when we first see her, um, it's not just that she's stealing from somebody. She has engineered a situation where she, uh, she creates a blockade that the king's chariot has to stop uh, and the guards have to try and, and remove the blockade. And while that's happening, we see that she has dug a hole in the ground that she then kind of pops out of a trap door with this mechanical doohickey that helps her to uh, quickly get the chest out from, like, cut out the carriage so that she could steal the chest and lower it down into the hole on this mechanical jack-like device and then yeah. cover back up the hole while the carriage moves on its way. Yeah, it's it's really neat. Hmm. I don't know. I liked it. I was like, all right, yeah, she's got a whole plan. She's like a master thief. Yeah. Very, very self-sufficient, very independent. And and then, of course, like as you said, kind of through the events of the film, she kind of like, loses oh, that a bit. She, she was only like that because she was born at sea? Question mark? Which yeah. apparently means that you don't Tr- trust in- if you're from the sea you don't trust anybody like it's yeah, never hinted from- that she was betrayed it's never it's it's sort of like this her whole reasoning well, is like i was born at sea and when that happens you are just you are told not to trust anyone uh, uh, yeah okay it's, it's just that she she just had a hard life and you had to be very self-sufficient on the sea and you couldn't trust anybody. And, and that's it. I, Which is like, I okay, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Just, okay. Doesn't, um, doesn't really feel satisfying as an explanation for why she, she is apparently the only one impervious to this curse. Yeah. It's like, apparently if you have a hard life, you, don't trust people, but she's the only one in the whole kingdom who has had yeah. a hard enough well, yeah, life. That's, <laughs> that's the thing, is that you would think that if that's all it took, there would be a lot more people who would be 
impervious to this curse. Yeah. Because it's like, it's it's like her love for treasure is her only love or something like that. I'm like, so no one else had anything? Nothing? No? Yeah. Okay. That's, sure. All right. It's, it's a, it's a fairy tale. It's a cartoon yeah. movie show. They have to do what's right for the story, I guess. But it still felt a little weird. I, I think with Lenore, I, I think, like you said, like they're trying to simplify it for the sake of the story. But I feel like it just, it's it's dumbed down too much. Like it feels, it comes across as inconsistent characterization to me. Yeah. Like, we see, we're, we're told throughout the movie that she's closed off her heart and like multiple characters comment on this. And yet it almost seems like even, even early on in the film that we see these inklings that she wants to be in love, that she, like, like little moments, um, like soon after she and Charming start off on their adventure, after they complete the first trial, she already she blurts out a little comment about about getting a kiss from him, um, and she like takes it back right away. But basically, she just she seems eager to be in love, and yet everyone and everything around her is telling us the audience how she keeps rejecting love, and and her heart is so closed off, and so. It just kind of comes across to me like they almost didn't know how to handle it, that transition from having somebody who refuses any and all love and is just trying to be by themselves and figure out how to get her to that end stage of being willing to wanting to sacrifice herself for the person she loves. Like, they didn't know how to get from point A to point B in a way that yeah. felt natural. Yeah, it's... By the time that she starts falling for Charming, there's no reason for it. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't buy that she was, like, actually falling for this dude. They've been traveling together for, like, two days. And he hasn't really done anything to be deserving no. of of this whole change of perspective like it get it gets a little better later on as he sort of like he shows his character as being one of optimism and and like not mm-hmm. not you know he he's i'm trying well, to think of how best to put this the film itself gives us a line that that try they they try and tell us that Charmin is an optimist but Lenore's a pessimist. And I like that angle but they don't really stick to it. No. But it's Yeah, I don't know. It's it it feels unearned. Um, yeah. Based on what we like know of if, her character up to that point. Yeah. Like, if you really want to sell the optimist versus the pessimist thing, like, again, that's, that's like, a good angle to do it because you could show that, like, Lenore is a pessimist, but maybe something inside of her really wants to be an optimist. So maybe that's what draws her to Charming, that, you know, have him, have him be this person that no matter what happens, he's always looking on the bright side or he's always moving towards... Uh, you know, he he's always happy in this effervescent person. 
And Lenore really wishes that she could have that for herself. And yeah, then that's what something. attracts her to him. Yeah. yeah, or something like that. But I, I think yeah, it, it feels weird. It Yeah. But I don't know. I I think part part of it too is that Charmin himself doesn't really have consistent characterization either. Because no. His his personality kind of changes depending on the needs of the scene. So sometimes he's this lethario playboy prince who can't help but flirt with every girl he sees. And he almost seems to relish in the curse, giving him all this attention. And then other times he's woefully lamenting how the curse has left him without a solid concept of what romantic love feels like. And and he also, at some point, he he's lecturing Lenore about real love is like when she starts talking about how she loves treasure, he, he replies how treasure will never fulfill her like a person could. So it's this weird, this weird back and forth between him being again, this Lothario who, who is just seeking attention, contrasting with the sometimes where he is, he's lamenting about his inability to love and truly be loved and they go back and forth, and it doesn't feel like two sides of the same coin. It just feels like, okay, in this scene, you're this guy. And in this scene, you're this guy. And so you yeah. can't really... Even just a line of of him being like, this is the only way I've ever known to, to interact with, like, with ladies or something. Like, he's not doing mm-hmm. it on purpose, or he's not, you know, meaning to do it. Yeah. Something like that. But instead, it's just sort of, it's left up to you to sort of interpret. And there's ways, there's, I don't know. It's not as solid as it could have been, I think. Yeah, no. I think in a movie where a big chunk of the plot is dealing around true love and having to deal with a character who has always had love heaped upon him and and contrasting it against a character who we assume has never experienced any kind of love whether you know magical induced curse or not like like i think that's like an interesting premise that they really could have done something with but they just it well it's like it's like you kind of said in the beginning how this is like like this is this is an interesting premise for a film, but they just don't know how to do it. The car just kind of comes to a dead end, and yeah, you kind of less longing for somebody else to take this premise and do something better with it. Yeah, because I feel like it could have been, it had so much potential, and it almost gets mm-hmm. there. Like, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's so close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you know what's something that I kind of wish that we saw was... I, I wish that we saw Lenore being unsure if what she felt for Charming was true love and not just the curse. Because she knows that he's under a curse. Yeah. And yet... There's never any point where she starts doubting her own feelings. And I think that would be yeah. a really interesting conflict. Yeah, like and that I, could I, have been a really, really interesting way to, to explore it, for sure. Yeah. Because, again, she almost 
she almost seems so eager to be in love that the idea of the curse having any sort of impact on her feelings never comes into question. I, I guess we're just supposed to assume that because she doesn't immediately fall under the curse, that it has no actual effect on her. And yet there is a weird moment at the end of the film, I don't know if you noticed, but we see when the curse has been broken, you see like a bit of magic kind of, like a like the a magic effect on all the ladies in the kingdom to show how the curse has been broken. And that happens to Lenore as well, the little magic effect. So it's like the curse did apply to her, but she just, well, I guess didn't act like here, it did. He, here's a thing that I saw that I only got because I took a glance at the wiki at the Wikipedia entry for this mm. film after watching it. And what it okay. said is that Lenore wasn't under his curse. She was under a curse to be unable to love. Like she Excuse was under a me? separate curse that meant that she couldn't fall in love. And that was the whole like her, they show throughout the movie, like her heart is locked in a little box. Like, it's actually yeah. locked away. There's The Wikipedia entry says that she was actually under a curse where she could not fall in love. What? But that's never... What? I didn't get that from the film. I didn't... Yeah, I, I, I only... It's, it's not... It's, I... It was weird. Yeah, I wasn't well, quite sure about that one. That's... Who... Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. So, like, maybe that was supposed to be... <laughs> maybe that was supposed to be her curse lifting because she finally was able to fall in love. If, I, I mean, know. if that was know. the intention, they absolutely failed at conveying. Because <laughs> <laughs> throughout the movie, you just assume, like, this is a metaphor because she has closed herself off and maybe that's what it was also supposed to be is that she was no longer closing herself off so it was a self-imposed curse i I don't know i don't know oh my god this ruins everything (laughs) oh my god that better not be the i will I I hope that that's just somebody like having a weird like inserting their weird fan fiction theory because that would make if that was the intent holy shit no that don't you did not convey that well enough <laughs> movie oh god <laughs> god that's yeah. terrible but yeah it oh god I mean the the curse itself is is I mm-hmm. I was I was thinking about this last last night the actual parameters of the curse because it seems very much based on eyesight and so I was wondering if charming never locked eyes with a woman would that mean the curse would never take effect but and basically what I'm getting at is if charming had like some really heavily tinted sunglasses if he would, had just been blindfolded his entire life. Yeah. Would would that be <laughs> it? Like would the curse just not spread? Maybe. I 
I kind of almost wish that they did something like that because that way you could make him be a more active participant in trying to prevent the curse from spreading if he's always trying to shield his eyes or if he's just trying to... Because uh, I, I mostly, I think if there's a scene early on in the film where he, just before he goes to set off on the gauntlet, is he starts wandering through the town and it's very weird because he's trying to, he's trying to break it off with all of the, the ladies in town. He's like telling them like, oh, I think you're nice, but we, you know, we're not meant for each other. But you went by doing so, he's making these ladies fall under the curse. Like you hear the little magic effect of the curse taking kicking in yeah and and so it just comes across as really weird where it's like why are you going why are you allowed to freely wander the town bringing these ladies under the curse while at the same time you're trying to act as though you're not you're you're you don't want them under the curse like it just felt like a weird mixed message kind of thing yeah it it, it was a little strange cuz like there is one instance of him like because when he goes to meet Lenny at the restaurant it is a thing where he's like he's seeing these women at other tables and he goes to shield his eyes like he does shield his eyes Mm -hmm. specifically so he's not looking at the other women while he goes to his table so it's like he knows he knows it's about looking at each other but he's he's just going around looking ladies in the eye left and right yeah I did I did kind of like one thing with that scene is like when he was going around and and cursing these ladies is that he had guards with him and the guards were having to yeah. constantly tackle <laughs> the angry boyfriends of all of the ladies. Like that yeah, was kind of great cuz they just it was the- silly. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of there was several jokes in the film that actually did get like give me a giggle that I did laugh at. Yeah. Yeah, like, there was instances in this film where it was pretty funny. There's instances where it's extremely not funny. There's, there's like, a running gag, and it's mostly at the beginning, but, like, it sort of pauses and all the color fades to sepia, and you hear um, Charming's, like, inner monologue for a few minutes, or a few seconds, and... The first time I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. But this, the the time when he's he first like meets Lenore while she's running through the town, and it mm. sort of just shows him like fucking up over and over what he's trying to say. I need to say something. Say something. Flavor be flabby. What was that? Try again. Face like a mermaid. No. Voice of a meerkat. My brain is a bottle. Butter on pancakes. What is happening? I can't put a sentence together. And why do my knees feel like paella? I did. I, I, yeah. I giggled a little at that. I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. Um. Oh, and there's, what was it? The three princesses, when they're, they because they're, a, there's a thing where they're going to the same bakery to get their wedding cakes. Uh, Sleeping Beauty, mm-hmm. Snow White, and Cinderella. And they're explaining how they met their, their fiancé not knowing that it's the same one for all three. Um, and I think it's Sleeping... Yeah, it's Sleeping Beauty. And she's like, I was asleep. I, like, fell on the floor asleep for, like, a hundred years until <laughs> the prince found me. And you know what he did? And Cinderella says something, but the Snow White's like, 
oh, he pretended not to see you and walked away so he didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, that may, yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, that, that is a good one. Yeah, I think you said, like, there, like this film, again, it, it, like, it gets so close and yet it just it can't, it can't quite grasp it. I think I think it's I I think it's mainly just I love Lenore, but I think the writing for her is what what fails me the most. That and the weird racism. Yeah. When they meet the tribe of giant man-eating ladies. Yeah, they do the <laughs> thing where yeah. They do the thing where they're like, "Well, we'll just make up our own tribe." And mm-hmm. then it's not racist because we're not saying that it's an African tribe, but we're just going to steal the iconography, assuming yeah. symbolism associated with Africa, the, uh, an African tribe, and use it for yeah. yeah. It's, it's a little awkward. <sighs> it's a little. I was like, oh, no, no, you. Yeah, this is unfortunate. Yeah, and it doesn't help that they make them cannibals, and they are, like, just these... Yeah. They they kind of just exist in the plot to be a threat. Like, the only one that, like, kind of helps the heroes is the half-oracle, and she yeah. kind of gives Lenore some advice, but at the same time, she's literally preparing her to be eaten. Um. Yeah. Her animation yeah. was so cool, though. <laughs> Because they yeah. gave her, her character design has the um, the neck rings, and I I can't remember mm-hmm. where those are from. I, uh, but they are like a tribal thing from I don't know if it's still practiced, but it's like the the thing where you extend your neck by adding rings yeah. to your life. So she has that mm-hmm. going on, but she's she's very long. So when they have her moving around the screen, she's very snake like. And so she's, like, leading and, like, sort of, I don't know why I'm doing this. Like, I'm doing this physically, but you can't see it. (laughs) But hopefully you can feel through time and space. But she, her animation is really cool. And I like her song the best. It's just unfortunate Mm. that it's coming from this sort of, like, weird, racially insensitive, bad part. Also, yeah. when I was listening to it, I was sitting there. I'm like, "Is this Sia?" And then it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they really go uh, all out for her song in this one. It's it's kind of weird. It, it's a very trippy song in a film that has not really had no trippy visuals. It is. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's just it's it's weird to look at. It's. But like weird in a good way, you know? Yeah. I I I liked it for some reason. Mm. It's like I don't know why it worked for me, but it did. So, I th- I think it's fun because they like they take they they try and like just make this fun scene with the metaphors of Lenore having closed off her heart and having to, like at one point she's fighting against herself. Like she, Lenore is fighting Lenny to basically try and see who wins the battle over her heart. 
And it's yeah. just like all of these fun, creative visuals. And it's just like it's it, it's enjoyable to watch. And, it, and the music really helps create a just a really engaging experience. Yeah. So, yeah, I that was I, I enjoyed her animation to be. A lot of the animation in this, actually, pretty much all of it. I it's it is really fun animation throughout this whole film. I really love mm-hmm. the anime because it's it's very snappy and exaggerated. So because a lot of these characters have such long, long limbs and long bodies that they really can get some really fun poses and acting, and it's very snappy. Yeah, I really liked it. It's the animation was just lovely. Yeah. Well, and this is like, like kind of like you said, like this is this is a film where they're not afraid to push the characters. And like I like I was kind of talking before about like sometimes you get like a weird angle on Charming's chin. Yeah. That makes it look a little like ridiculous, but at the same time, I kind of appreciate that they are trying to push the posing and they are trying to do just more extreme poses even if it doesn't work out all of the time it's i think for the most part it does create more more exciting animation more engaging animation they don't try and like keep lenore pretty on every frame which a lot of other films no. uh sometimes yeah, yeah, do yeah. They they make her goofy sometimes too. They make her do silly stuff and they you know, they'll push her poses just as much as they do uh Charmin or any other character, which is nice. Yeah, it's it's really fantastic. Should we hit on the fact that apparently there's there's no lesbians here? There's no, no such thing as a lesbian there's... in this kingdom. No, no lesbians. Also, no, no gay guys. Because I would kind of assume that if, like, because if women find him charming, wouldn't a guy that finds men charming also find him charming? Like, I would, I would assume so. Unless, unless this curse is like homophobic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Nemini never wish is secretly homophobic. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh I was I was honestly I was I was thinking about this and I wasn't sure if I should bring it into the plot, but I was trying to like think about yeah, like what if you were a lesbian in this universe? Would you be resistant to the curse? Or would you fall under the curse regardless of your orientation? Yeah. Is it it specifically like Nemini's curse is like women only and all women regardless of orientation? Yeah. So like, I I think the real question we're asking here, is Nemini Neverwish's curse homophobic? question i wish i had an answer to i can i yep there's no they don't touch on it no oh god because either 
Because <laughs> either lesbians are immune or they're not. And either yeah, either dudes who, li- who are into dudes are immune or they're not. What if you're non-binary? Yeah. How does this work? Oh. Hey, Nemini, we've got some questions ne- about, <laughs> I, <laughs> about your curse. Yeah, I'm just... Who can I tweet to ask this question to? <laughs> I, I you have some to, questions. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. For the first chunk of the film, I my my notes definitely do say our gays immune and only a lesbian <laughs> can help him. And then and then Lenore shows up and it says, "Oh no, I love oh. her." And gay gay. So I don't know. Oh. This film definitely says something about me, and I I think I think this curse is homophobic. That is my ruling. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. For your ex your expert opinion. Yes. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> that would have been I that would have been kind of nice actually if if like that that was like if if Lenore was a lesbian, if that was why she was immune, and we could have right? had some nice some race representation in this man man i wish i wish we were in the writer's room for this for this movie <laughs> i don't know if they i don't know if they would have let us stay or if they would have kicked us out at no we would have gotten for... kicked out but uh, yeah we have questions the audience has questions I... so, <laughs> yeah yeah this is definitely this is a very like heteronormative movie oh I, god yes yeah of course it is this yeah we need to i think we this is this is another one where i kind of feel like we should it's it's unfortunate that it's on netflix now and more people will see this film because i we could have stolen this and made our own movie <laughs> just rewrite it make our yeah. own version Maybe we'll put that we'll put that as a as a note for future projects to attempt. Yeah. 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 Uh, that'll be in a few <laughs> years once we've done all our podcast projects. Yeah. And and we just begin we just begin the project of just stealing and remaking films that we discussed on the podcast. <laughs> and, and hope Perfect. that nobody notices. <laughs> Perfect. Good. This is this is a limited time podcast because we'll have to take it down when we start making these. So enjoy oh, it while you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody nobody download this and upload it anywhere. So we, there's oh, no God. proof of our crimes. <laughs> I'll have to like I'll just have to one day just like delete everything related to princess movies that I have all like to Twitter and everything. Just pretend it never happened. <laughs> just disappears off the face of the internet. I'll have to I'll have to do that thing in reboot where Hexadecimal sends herself through the net to to, uh, <gasps> yes. to, to 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 get rid of Damon's Damon's virus. This will make no sense if you've never seen the last season of reboot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen Damon Rising from from the fourth season of reboot, um, first Ooh. of all, watch reboot. Oh yeah, just just that's, just watch reboot. really that's- really. Uh, yeah, that's really the first and only step is watch reboot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and then, I guess please just get back to us, and then maybe, maybe one day yeah. we will we will actually get around to doing that that reboot podcast that we always talk about. Someday, we have someday. to go through all of movie or movies Christie's movie co- collection 
And then <laughs> after that, when we're about 50 years old, we'll do the Reboot <gasps> Recap podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what were we talking about? I'm just oh, thinking God, about I don't know. Yeah. Where were we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess... Sure, we maybe we need to we might need to talk about Nemini a little bit. If yeah, um, I I will say I like that the parallel that the movie does nothing with, but it's it's still there. Um, I like the parallel between Nemini and Lenore, and it only really comes up in the king's explanation of the gauntlet. Because uh, we see that Nemini actually used to be the king's trusted friend, and he was actually, er, and she was actually his guide on his own gauntlet run. Which, of course, the oh, parallel yeah. is that n- now Lenore is, you know, Charming's guide, and so I I like the implication that Nemini had a blind leap of faith or took the blind leap of faith, just like Lenore did, and she was rejected in favor of Charming's unnamed mother. So, like, Mm -hmm. that right there, that seems like another angle that they could have really played up in the film. Show how, you know, Nemini is Lenore's counterpart, uh, what Lenore could turn into if she didn't doesn't get past her the bitterness about Charming uh, not being there for her. Yeah, um, even if she'd said anything about that too, like you think just because you helped him, you know, he will he will ever yeah. love you or something like that. They never really have a confrontation until right at the very very end. Um, Lenore literally does not know who the frick Nemini is. Like, she yeah. shows up at the end, and that, it's like five minutes to the end of the film, and that is the first time that Lenore and Nemini directly interact, which is yeah. such a huge mistake. It, it's such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Like, I, I can picture a scene where Nemini comes to Lenore, and it, it's it's one of those, like, villain things where they're, like they're trying to pretend that they're helping you and she's like reveals her history with charming's dad start planting the seeds of doubt in lenore's mind about whether or not charming could love her or accept her because there's the whole like she will he will he ever love like a peasant like me rather than a princess and that just sort of comes at Mm a at a left field where it's like that makes sense to doubt because he keeps talking about princesses, but also when he, when she walks in on him with a bunch of ladies under his curse at the, at the, the restaurant, which just, I guess it's just a pivotal scene in this movie. She's like, she walks in on him with a bunch of peasant ladies sitting around listening to him talk about princesses, but this is the same thing he's been saying this entire time, so why would he be telling them anything different? Yeah. Like, it's well, never sort of, it's never a, a question of, like, this is an idea that she had put in her head by something. Yeah, this is a like, thing she's self-conscious about. Yeah, it's it, it cuz so if they had had Nemini come to her and be like 
why would he ever love someone like you? Like, you're probably just under his spell. Why Why are you... Why would you think that he would care about you or something like that? And then be like, yeah, I was yeah. I was like you. I helped his father on, on his gauntlet and then he married a princess. That would have been like a real solid bit for the conflict. Yeah, and, and you could reinforce that by if you have Charming, you know, have Charming make comments about the peasantry or something. Like, he kind of does, but it's not like... It doesn't come across as, like, a classist thing. Yeah. Because sometimes he'll, like, kind of... Like, he'll make comments about how... Like, he just, he doesn't do things because he's a prince. But it doesn't feel like he he's making comments on how, oh, I don't do that because that's the thing that peasants do. It's a, yeah. I don't do that because I'm a prince and I just don't do it because... I don't I've had people to. do it for me my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Missed opportunity. Yeah, Nemini is just a, a missed opportunity in general. And I kind of wish we got to see more of her with the king, because that's where her beef is, with King Beefcake. And <laughs> it just would have been... <laughs> and it just... I think it just would have been interesting, knowing that those two characters have a history, and that that's where her bitterness is really directed to. I think it would have been... would have made for an interesting emotional scene to have like have him have the two of them interact because once you get out of the flashback Nemini and the king never really cross paths again yeah it's she shows up she shows up to curse his son and tell him mm. what the curse is um hopefully tells him how to break the curse too which is nice of her yeah well of course but like has she just been hanging out for the last 21 years? Yeah, just Doing... waiting for yeah things to... Waiting for the curse to kind of take its sweet time, I guess. She's patient, I guess I'll give her that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. She might be homophobic, but at least she's patient. God. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of wish we'd gotten more of her uh, her whole deal with the king. But yeah. we don't. No. I'm still watching this on, on mute in the background and we just got to the end and I didn't notice up until now that um, when they get married at the very end, when she saves him from the gallows... Uh, they, she, yes. asks, she asks him to marry her and then they do mm -hmm. like the kiss and the spin and then they spin around and they're getting married but they're getting married on the gallows and on the, the officiant is the executioner this <laughs> 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 is very good so, this is so romantic oh, oh my god also, I like the executioner character. He was, I don't know who that voice was, but he's great. And just like, it's it, um, very funny. He was, he was a funny part it, of the film too. 
I just liked it. Yeah, it was uh the ex so the executioner is voiced by John Cleese. Really? Yeah. Huh. And he also he also voices the fairy godmother. Oh, when that fairy godmother spoke, I knew something. I was like, uh what's excuse me? Mm-hmm. This is this is um a weird choice for this voice. Yeah. That yeah, that makes sense as John Cleese. <laughs> they they had a few people pull double duty on this film. Um so like Jim Cummings, he was so he was the king, but he was also the uh the satyr in the restaurant. Oh yeah, um, okay. So I I think it was probably just, you know, because the both both the executioner and the fairy godmother had such small roles that they were probably just like, uh, John could do a I I guess passable old lady voice. Or at least a funny old lady voice. Yeah. Like, I don't eh, know. We'll just get I it. wasn't quite sure where yeah. they were going for with that one, but uh, it makes sense mm. that it was John Cleese. Yeah. We we should probably talk about the whole the whole execution scene in general because oh that's like I was th- that's such a, it's kind of a weird turn for this movie to take, eh? That the yeah. character basically decides, I guess I I guess I need to kill myself to yeah, save everybody. It's cuz it's never raised as an option up until that point. No. And then he's like, "Well, my heart's broken and I can't have this happen to everyone in my kingdom. So I'm the one who's cursed. And I, if it's not broken by the end of my 21st birthday, well, the only way that I can think of to get rid of the curse would be to get rid of me. So I'll have to die. And then he just willingly is like, I can't have everyone in my kingdom experience this. So I willingly will just die. And I'm like, wow. I mean, and yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a lot, it's buddy, but character, okay. Yeah, and for a character that again, like his 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 inconsistent characterization, this feels like a very big leap from the dude who, at the beginning of the film, we saw like kind of cracking jokes and mucking around with in in the uh, in the town center. To the, he's now he's now doing this sacrifice of himself. Like it just feels, I guess it, it feels both tonally weird for the movie in general, but it also just feels yeah. weird for the character <laughs> to come to this conclusion. Yeah, and it's, I and don't it, know. Yeah, and it's also a public execution. Yeah, it's a public execution. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh. It's, a public execution by hanging. Yeah, so they- I was expecting like a guillotine. No, the they they have this man stand in a noose on a gallows, and I'm like, damn. Okay, they have their crown prince about to be publicly hung in in the town square, and it's just like, oh my god, like this feels. Just, weird. Yeah, again, weird, 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 weird. So, so tonally weird. I don't know. And I think I also there's also like something really weird to me too about how the plot point trying to make a plot point of I could save everybody if I just kill myself like that feels kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. 
There should have been, I wish that they had done, a, there should have been a different out, maybe. Like, I don't know, maybe Nemini makes some kind of, arrives to make some sort of bargain with Charmin. Like, oh, well, I'll break the curse, but you have to do something for me. Or like, you have to, I don't know, give up your heart to me. Like, it, it like and so maybe like that's where that's where Lenore has to jump in and save him is is to prevent Charmy yeah. from giving up his ability to love anyone forever. Oh yeah, oh, I think I just solved this shit. Hold on, I'm having, <laughs> I'm having a I'm having a big brain moment. You've solved it. Finally it. happened for me. It finally happened for me, Bree. You're doing it. You got it. I did. I'm doing it. They so what they should have done. They should have had it where so if you're if you're gonna have it so that Lenore is cursed and that you, so have it so that Lenore went to Nemini and asked for her heart to be closed off because Lenore doesn't want to be hurt. Maybe I don't know she's been hurt before or there's just something something in her life or her background. So she goes, I don't want to deal with this pain anymore. Please just lock up my heart with your magic, Nemini. So that I don't have to deal with this. So we know that Nemeni has this power to take away people's ability to love. And then at the end of the film, you could bring it back and you can have Nemeni make that offer to Charming. Like, give your heart up, make it so that you will never feel anything again. And it could be like this take that to both, you know, Charming and more importantly to his dad. That Nemeni is like, well, you ditched me. For your supposed one true love. Um, so screw you. I'm going to make it so that your son can never love. To spite you, king. Ha ha ha. And so then, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lenore has to run in to prevent Charming from giving up his heart to Nemini. Because she's realized that it was a mistake to give Nemini her own heart. And she wants to prevent the same thing from happening to Charming. Yeah. And in doing so, breaks her curse and his curse. Yeah! Wha-bam! Wha-bam! Oh my god. I Christy, did it. you've done it! Christy, you've done I it! I did it! I've, I've achieved my final form! <laughs> Incredible. We got it. I did it. Awesome. I did it, Bree. That would yeah, have been that I, would have mm, that would have solved a lot of problems in the film. We'll we'll save this. I feel we'll, like. we'll save this for our our redo of the okay. movie. Everyone who who's heard this, forget it. You've never heard any yeah. of this. You. <laughs> We're still gonna post this podcast episode, <laughs> but, but none of you none of you can tell on us. Don't Everyone tell on sh- us, and also shh, and also don't you steal this idea. Don't you, this is don't you steal it. Don't don't you dare take this away from me. <laughs> we'll know. I ask for I ask for so little. I get so little of these big brain moments. Just let me finish this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Christy, you've genius, you've done it again! Oh, thank you, thank you. I've peaked, I've peaked, it's all downhill from here. (laughs) (laughs) God. Uh, I'm trying to think, is there, is there anything else for this one you can think of, Brie? 
Oh, gosh. Not, I guess not really. I guess we've sort of hit on everything I... I had thoughts on. Unless I yeah. had more thoughts and those thoughts left. Because <laughs> now I am no thoughts. Head empty. <laughs> oh, well, alrighty then. I guess I guess I'll, I'll kind of give, maybe give our opinions overall of what we thought yeah. of this. I mean, we kind of... Kind of said in the beginning, but now that we have discussed the plot and kind of laid out our grievances, I like. I, I think in general, I don't know. I I guess I'm torn on this movie because, as we've mentioned, there's a lot of things that we would change if we could. Yeah, it it gets so close, and yet it's so far from being a good movie. It's not the worst that we have oh, seen. Oh no. Not, not at all. There's nuggets of good in here. Like, visually, yeah. great. Animation, character mm. designs, overall, like, the rendering, visually, I think it looks really, really good. I, I think the animation yeah. is beautiful. Character designs are, are strong. I don't know. It, it looks really nice. So no problems yeah. there. Story-wise, uh there's just... It comes so close. Yeah. I I would say I would recommend this one for a movie night if only because this is one that you don't watch because it's like a laugh a minute so bad that it's it's, uh, it's hugely entertaining. This is a really fun movie to watch and then discuss after. Yeah. There's, there's like you said, like there's so many things that. Like I and, and maybe this is just like me personally. I love being able to to discuss a film and to come up with these like what if scenarios. Like, well, if I were to make this, here's what I would do. And yeah. so if you're also the type of person that you enjoy doing that, this is a great film for that. Yeah. I I wholeheartedly agree. If you are the kind of people like us who would love to sit down for almost an hour and a half, an hour and 25 minutes, mm-hmm. and just talk about... <laughs> about... <laughs> all the ways about- that this could have happened. <laughs> Discuss how <laughs> Nemanu Never Wishes uh, curse was homophobic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, and you know what? I I would love if anybody has any thoughts on this movie. Again, it is it is available on Netflix. Yeah, probably it's at least it's on Netflix Canada. Probably also in the states. Don't know though. I yeah, I I assume it's probably in the states. Um, so as a result, like this is one that's easily accessible to people. So if you if any of our listeners want to watch Charmin. I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts on the film. So feel free yes, to please. send send any comments to us at uh, badprincessmovies at gmail.com. Again, would love to hear it. So, yeah. And you uh, can also, if you are interested, you could send us a tweet at badprincessmov. And we, uh, we also have the catalog of... Prince, Bad Princess Movies, which you can find at badprincessmovies.com. So again, feel free to send us a comment or a question, or if you have a suggestion for another princess movie to take a look at, send them, send them our way. We'd love to see it. Please do. Mm-hmm. 
Alright, and I think that's probably going to be it for us for this one. So we shall talk to you guys next time. Yeah. Thanks for listening! <laughs> Thanks for listening! <laughs> I forgot to mention the electric hurdy-gurdy! That's okay. Oh, shit! Oh, we got time! You fit it in, fit it in. Oh, <laughs> at the very beginning, there's a song about, that's sung by the three princesses, and they're talking about about Prince Charming, and at one point, they all whip out, like, electric instruments, and Snow White pulls out an electric hurdy-gurdy, and it's the best thing. So good. <laughs> Just like, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, electric hurdy-gurdy. Anyway, that's all I really had to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's it. It's over. It's over. Woo! Go watch Woo. Reboot. Yes. Also watch Reboot. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 Oh. Oh, God. <laughs>